And if you make, if you offer them what they need, they're more likely to say yes to what you're asking for. Exactly. I mean, there's too too many people diamond handing some of these players. I think we, we need a, we need to have, we need to have other people hand in handing, (laughs) not diamond handing. I love hand each other. Right, diamond hand each other. If you change your mind, take a chance. I'm the first in line. Honey, I'm still free. Take a chance on me. If you need me, let me know. Gonna be around. If you got no place to go, when you Hey, what's up, everybody, and welcome to our fantasy baseball podcast. We are now in week seven, I believe. Uh, and as always, I am here with my co-host and co-commissioner, Ned. Ned, how's your day been going? It's been going long, man. Yeah. So I feel um, like it's going to be another one where there's three Tuesdays this week. Oh, I'm sorry to hear that. Um, my day is not going that well. I, uh, well, I had a little bit of a, a blessing yesterday. Uh, well, I guess it was Monday. It was Monday. <laughs> uh, so when the Dodgers... Uh, when they uh, get 10 combined strikeouts, it doesn't have to be from one pitcher, but as long as they hit 10 strikeouts the next day, I could go get uh, a, what is it called? A jumbo Jack from Jack in the box for free. As long as I uh, get a drink. And so yesterday I did that uh, like around 11 PM, I think it was. And um, I'm definitely suffering today. Yeah. You called it bubble guts. Uh, It's pretty much what's happening. So, uh, Oh, that's my day. But uh, I'm this jealous uh, that you got such free, easy jack in the box. I've been trying for the past five years to be a taste tester for them since they're based down here in San Diego. Are they really? They still, they still keep saying no to me. I'm not. I think I'm not in the right demographic they're looking for. <laughs> well, uh, this, uh, as you all hear, this is uh, our guest, Brandon. He is the uh, Dodger Doggers manager, and uh, I had no idea the Jack in the Box was. Uh, they were, they're from San Diego. Yeah, well, thanks for having me on the show. But yeah, they are uh, they are located in San Diego. They're out in Kearney Mesa out there. Oh, okay, cool. Uh, hey, sorry, somebody's based out of Kearney Mesa. Jack in the Box. Why? It kind of makes All sense. The, I'm not well, gonna lie, it kind of makes sense. Basically, every fast food powerhouse is located in Southern California or originated there, so it it, it makes sense. But uh, yeah, unfortunately, More I'm judging on. It's more with judgment on Kearney Mesa. But anyway, anyway, Alex has the bubble guts. Yeah. Through it. It's a, I'll tough through it. We'll be, have a good one. But yeah, let's go ahead and jump into our weekly recap. Uh, and so let's go ahead and start with John Boy's neighbors, Andrew's team, Andy's team uh, versus, uh-oh, new team name alert, uh, Britain's team, which is now Touchdown in Heathrow. Uh, and Touchdown in Heathrow with the new name, probably and thanks, the, to, thanks then, to your your advice from last week Ned. and the new emoji and the new emoji. Uh, but they took this one th- uh, seven to three. Uh, what's the story here, Ned? Well, I think uh, this was one where they, he didn't hit the minimum innings limit again. Yep. Uh, he had 13 and two thirds innings. You need 18 and that he had two categories that we would have won. That would have been a five, five tie. So kind of a bummer there. Oh, damn. Um, for John boys neighbors. Other than that, I mean, Justin Turner looks good as you probably have noticed uh, mm-hmm. two home runs. He had 11 hits on the on the week. Um, Dylan Moore, who I guess just got injured, actually. Um, he was showing signs of life, so it's a really unfortunate time. He had two stolen bases and two homers, um, which is a nice combination. 
Um, his relievers looked good, Iglesias and Chapman. Uh, they had five strikeouts and three safe holds in four innings. Um, he's getting hit bit by the injury bug again. So that would be Gallon is injured. Um, he kind of like lost out on Wednesday, and I think that's kind of why he missed the minimum in- minimum innings. Um, he's got a sprained elbow, which is not a good sign Oof. for a pitcher. I think for his uh, heat of this week, he's got two starts from Gray. So, like, hopefully that helps him hit the minimum because he, I think he missed the lineup set deadline again. We talked. Uh, and I'm going I'm to start sending a, I'm, there's going to be an email every Sunday now uh, reminding people to set their lineups. Um, he also, he's got only one other start. So he's got two starts from Gray and one start from Musgrove. So I guess if he, if he, those come through, then I think he might actually be able to compete in the pitching categories for the week. Um, for touchdown and he threw airplane emoji. Uh, she had very high average. Um, every player got at least five hits, except for Myers, who was out with COVID. Um, oh, that was kind of an impressive note. Um, he had one at bat on the week. Um, Freddie Peralta looked great. Two games, 13 innings, 16 strikeouts, didn't give up any runs. Um, two quality starts out of there. And only two walks, which you like to see. So 16 strikeouts and two walks is a pretty good ratio, especially from a, a wild guy like Peralta. Um, Tyler Molly had a good start, of course, sort of wrecking the trend, I think. In general, it's not a great idea to start your pitchers at cores, but um, you know some some pitchers can handle it. Uh, he went seven innings, struck out four, got a quality start, um, but his first start of the week sucked. <laughs> two thirds of an inning at uh, PNC, and or it was two not sucked, but like he went five and a third. He was two thirds of an inning short of a quality start. Um, I think her key to the week is uh, two starts from you, Darvish. Um, she also has six out of eight players with seven seven or more games this week. So damn. I feel sorry for whoever she's playing. Yeah, that's a that's a shitload amount of games. Um, but yeah, uh, so did you? Uh, what does she have to look into, or any any notes for her? I no, I said the the Darvish uh, two start week is a key thing. He's sure, pitching sure, very well, um, and then just. <laughs> I mean, the fact that she, ever, she, her team, I said this about Travis's team too. Like those two offenses are just so well-rounded. Like, you know, any one of those guys could carry the week for you. And like, even if your main guys are struggling, there's just enough people in there to just score. So uh, very formidable. I think it's going to be formidable for a while. Absolutely. All right. Well, let's go to the next uh, matchup, which was uh, George Brett party pants versus remind Jack. And George Brett's party pants, Travis's team continues to do what his team does. Uh, he won this one nine to one. Uh, was this one any close at all? Even though the, the score might not show it. Was it close, Ned? Uh, there were th- four categories that were close. Um, Travis won those three to one. So it was not, I mean, it was only so close that it could get. I mean, Travis's team just looks good. George Brett's party pants. Um, Bo Bichette was, was excellent this week. David Fletcher almost blew. Like, so everybody had a good week except for David Fletcher, who went 0 for 17. Um, and if you notice, I think uh, that batting average differential is like 200. So it's like a very slim batting average differential. Um, but George Burst Party Pants pulled it out. And so he survived. David Fletcher, David Fletcher hurt now, hip injury. Um, Trevor Bauer was looking good. I uh, had two, our quality start with 10 strikeouts, seven innings. Um, McCullers had two great starts, which you like to see. He's missed a lot of time with injuries. Um, his team just looks good. I think his key this week has got a couple guys banged up. Um, David Fletcher's hip. Uh, Jordan Alvarez had some sore legs. I don't know if he's missing games. Um, he also has no two-star pitchers. So uh, I'm playing him this week, but it's sort of a bad time for bad time for that. Um, for Remind Jack, Marcus Semyon is carrying that offense, I think, last week. 
He had a, a little bit of everything, a home run, a stolen base, run, you know, five runs before RBIs. Um, Austin Riley was kept his average up, which is nice to see. Um, it was kind of empty. Um, he didn't really get a lot of counting stats, but he's, he seems to be taking a more patient approach, which is so what's been missing for him. Um, Charlie Morton and Andrew Haney were roughed up, uh, which is sort of bad for him. I think that made it really hard to, to dig out of a hole against Travis. Um, Uvalde was strong, which is good. He's healthy. Um, he had a one good start and one bad start. I think his key to this week is J.R. Ray Real Muto, who sort of carried his offense at the catcher spot. Um, he didn't play on Sunday. He's off Monday. I don't know if he started playing uh, this week, but he has a wrist injury. Um, and then nope, he's out. He's, he's been out. out. So uh, yeah, gonna be rough. Uh, an injury to him would would be a lot for this team to bear. All right, let's uh, jump to the next match up, which is remind me set team Jack's team versus. Anthony's team, Tony's knee breakers and Anthony's uh, team took this six to four. Uh, tell us about this one, Ned. Yeah, it was close in four categories. Um, strikeouts, whip, quality starts, save holds. Uh, Jack took three out of four of those. Um, remind me, he's a team. He's he had a couple lineup gaps. He forgot to set his team. Um, he really left a no shot. Uh, Mustakis tried to do it. I think he's actually hurt now. He's injured with a heel issue uh acuna finally looked a little pedestrian he got two homers but not much else um and his ankle is a little hurt uh tyler glass now though looks very very good i think that helped him uh pick up a couple categories um eight you know he had a where was i eight innings pitch 10 strikeouts which is great to see um sean doolittle looks very good i think his key is with anthony rendon and mitch Haniger back in the lineup um mm-hmm. he should be a little more competitive uh, that was nine runs, four homers, six RBIs. They went 12 for 39 on his bench. So rough to see. Um, and then Tony's knee breakers. Uh, that's the Vlad Guerrero show. The Kyle Tucker's <laughs> looking good. Um, Max Muncy looked good. Kyle Tucker is like really nice to see him finally arrive. He has always sort of put up the numbers. He had nine runs, three homers, and seven RBIs, but he, he went 10 for 25. Um, but that trio I just named, like 20 runs, 10 home runs, shit, 21 yeah. RBIs, and 28 hits combined. Three players. Like, that, they won the week for him, like, easily. Mm-hmm. Even if Jack had been able to fill the full team, like, I, I, how, do you, how do you surmount that? Um, he had one batter with fewer than seven hits last week. That was a Rosarena with five. Like, his offense just was clicking. Um, and then he had Garrett Cole, who looks dominant. He broke Corbin Burns' like, month-old record on consecutive mm-hmm. strikers without a walk. Um some Montero, his closer was wrecked. Uh, he gave up five run runs, five base runners, four. He struck out four, though, two and a third. He did squeeze a save out of there. I think he had three appearances. One was good, and two of them were just terrible. Um, <laughs> so you're sort of wondering how long is Seattle going to stick it out with them? Um, they have uh, Kendall Graveman, I think, is behind him, sort of people wondering why, you know, how long is Montero's leash going to be? Um, Herman Marquez got roughed up again, which which sucks for Anthony. Uh, again, that's a core start. He did have a quality start, though, until the top of the seventh. Um, he gave up an infield single and then a homer, which took him a run over the quality start limit, which is unfortunate. Um, I think his key this week, he has two starts from Garrett Cole. He has two starts from Tony Disco, um, although some of those are at Cincinnati and uh, the Dodgers. Cincinnati is like a nice hitter's park. The Dodgers have a good offense. Um, I think the key, the real key for Anthony, though, this week is can his offense be stopped? He has so many weapons that just are capable of winning a week single-handedly. Cool. Uh, let's go to our next matchup, which is uh, 
actually, let's save this one for last because this is Dodger Doggers. And since we have Brandon with us, we could chat with him afterwards. Uh, let's go to uh, Nick's team, No God Baseballs versus Sammy's team. And uh, this was a sweep. Was it close at all? Yeah, actually, uh, this was one that Nick picked up. I think four close categories: homers, RBIs, stolen bases, and quality starts. So it would have been much, would have been much more respectable um, had Sammy been able to keep those. And you really got to look at Trout. Mike Trout out for six to eight weeks. He missed most of last week. Um, I mean, in my opinion, that's the difference right there, right? So like, if Mike Trout was healthy last week, then this game is this matchup is six to four, not ten nothing. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's a little bit of bad luck there, uh, but no got baseballs is a pretty good team. They uh, Jose Altuve is picking back up. I think he had an 11 game hit streak when I took my notes. I don't know what he's at now. Um, he went eight for 11, uh, and, uh, eight, eight, of eight of those 11 games. He has multiple hits on them, which is nice. Um, Anderson looks good. Tim Anderson looks good for him. Uh, contributing in all the categories, uh, Teoscar Hernandez stayed hot, which is nice, but Grichuk cooled down. If you remember last week, those two Blue Jays outfielders just were very, very good. Um, now Grichuk was not very good. Um, Bueller and Woodruff had a uh, couple good starts between them. Um, Bueller, very few hits he gave up, but he did give up three homers, which kind of ran up his uh, ERA a little bit. Um, Emmanuel Quasse, I think is how you say his name. Mm-hmm. He was a little shaky. Um, I know Karinchek has sort of been breathing down his neck. Not that it matters for us so much. Um, as long as those guys are getting late inning action and it should be the same for us. Um, but I mean, the Indians sort of maybe are thinking about making a move at closer there. So keep an eye on that if you're Nick. Uh, and then I think the key to his week is he is a new outfielder. He got Cedric Mullins from, mm-hmm. from somebody. Um, he also, uh, he benched Mike Stramski for Cedric Mullins, even though he homered on Sunday and Monday. I don't know what he did yesterday or today. Um, so I think it's how Cedric Mullen's going to fit in. Is that going to sort of help Nick uh, get a little jump start on that offense? Maybe take some of the burden off the Blue Jays outfielders. I mean, it's got two starts each from Bueller and Wheeler, so that should help keep him afloat on the pitching side. Um, for Sammy's team, Salvador Perez like is the only one doing the work on that offense. I mean, he had two runs. He scored a half of their homers, two out of four. Scored half of their RBIs, not of 18. He had eight of their 34 hits. Um, Ryan Mountcastle looks all right. He may be turning the corner. Um, he did go 0 for 15 between his like only two productive games of the week, though. Um, Mike Trout went 1 for 16 before you know, going down with that injury. Um, Luis Castillo got blown up last week. He, I yep. think he had sort of a good start this week, but I mean that's got just a frustrating. You taught you drafted him to be a good pitcher, and he's not being good at all. Um, Kevin Gaussman looked very good though. That's a nice little thing that I think. You know, people might have had high expectations for Gaston, but I think even if you had high expectations, you're going to be pleasantly surprised with, you know, another eight inning outing, 12 strikeouts. I mean, I think he pitched well today again. Uh, he had a shutout going into the bottom of the ninth with a one nothing lead. So it was like almost a dominant performance. And then he just sort of gave up back-to-back singles to open the inning. And, and the reliever came in, um, gave up his only run. Uh so that sort of sucks for him. But uh, Jose Acredi went down with the shoulder injury, so that's a couple big, you know, sort of important injuries for him. I think his key to this week, he's got two starts from Castillo. Um, he's got two pitchers out and barely made the minimum inning this week, so it's going to be close. So there's three starts. I think Castillo has two of them, and Gallusman has the other one. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's, again, at Cincinnati. So I think that's probably Castillo versus Gaussman, both at Cincinnati, which is a hitter's park. So... You might be a little nervous. I think he is missing two. He's missing two relievers, maybe. 
two pitcher spots are occupied by injury. So it'll be close for him. But if Sammy can get some good outings out of Gaussman and Castillo, maybe he'll squeak through. All right. And then uh, we will go to Alex's stinky team versus Will's team, which is no longer Return of the Raccoon. It is TBD. Uh, and uh, Ned, this was the uh, you kind of made this the the game the game of the week, right? Yeah, my logic was that uh, they were already in last place, so I was going to do the least amount of damage. But it, dude, do you know how close I was to once again pegging another shutout? <laughs> you were very close, and so unfor- it was- unfortunately, Will was on the uh, the losing end of this one as Alex's uh, stinky team took this eight to one. But yeah, please tell us how close you were to a shutout. They were close in runs. They were close in home runs. They were close in RBIs. They were close in stolen bases. They were close in average. Yeah. Bill squeaked out batting average. I think this was the one by two hundredths of a point. Two thousandths mm-hmm. of a point. Two thousandths. It was one hit or not hit on either side away from me just predict getting another third consecutive shutout in the game of the week. So I'm a little bummed out that I don't, you know, have the fates tempted so much anymore. Um, but I, I guess that's you, good for Will to salvage a point. But I, I still think you could. I don't know if you can expect a shout out every time, but I mean, this was a a seven point like category differential. That's pretty, that's pretty significant. So I think you could still like tip your hat to that. You, your, your cursing skills are still on point. Yeah. But with so many close categories, it really could have gone either way. Yeah. Um, for Alex's stinky team, which uh, could also probably describe your room right now. Uh, <laughs> a little bit. Got two fans uh, going though. <laughs> Mostly just to create a draft, but also to help take the, the noxious fumes out too. There you go. Um, right, Nolan yeah. Arnato is cruising for Alex's stinky team. He had four, uh, four homers or four runs, three homers, five RBIs, 10 hits on the week. Um, Ryan McMahon is staying strong, which you like to see. I think he had a question mark coming in. Um, I think he might've been a lot like a waiver pickup or free agent pickup. Um, Mancini and Hayes are looking good, which is nice to see as Orioles fans. They combined for nine runs, two homers and six RBIs, 12 hits. Um, Max Scherzer again, looking good. Uh, he missed the quality start, but he only had 85 pitches. He got pulled. They were up like 11, nothing in his game. Um, that's sort of just like one of those bad luck things that happens. It's not Scherzer's fault. Uh, Kyle Gibson delivered him two quality starts. That's a sort of another sneaky good pitcher that might be pretty productive for the rest of the year. Um, he combined 13 innings, pitched nine strikeouts, you know, 12 base runners, three and runs. So like nothing spectacular, but you know, two quality starts and he's, he's sort of very consistent. Um, I think Alex is key this week. He's selling out for starts. He has uh, six projected starts. Um, he has Kyle Gibson in that reliever spot, uh, which is sort of an interesting thing. If people haven't noticed some pitchers have, dual eligibility for a starter mm-hmm. and reliever. So what Alex is doing is he's putting a starter in his reliever spot. So he's kind of punting on safe holds uh, depending on who's playing um, and really sort of just going for it. He went, you know, that generally you're going to compile strikeouts and quality starts doing that. Um, so we'll see how it pans out for him. Um, with TBD, I think you got to be optimistic. You have continued signs of life from Albies and Chapman. Um, you obviously want more, but they did have three runs, one homer, seven RBIs and a stolen base. You know, it's not huge, but it's something. Um, Andrew Vaughn finally getting at bats. He's hitting for more power. He had two homers this week, um, and he started at least 10 in a row. I, again, haven't looked at the games this week so much. Um, Lucas Giolito was banged around. He looked good today, but uh, he had five straight starts with all the quality start before today. Um, he's still getting strikeouts, but 
that's sort of a little disconcerting that you would have such a good pitcher going so many games in a row, not doing what you expect him to do. Um, Dylan Bundy was blown up again and he's now dropped. Um, he had four innings pitch total, uh, give up seven earned runs, 10 base runners, just not good. Um, but he's on the waiver wire for anybody who wants to take a flyer. Uh, <laughs> I think the key to Will's week is like, he found a play. I don't know who the fuck this guy is. Jonathan Daza. He went 14 for 23 last week. He's got two stolen bases. I, I don't know if he, I think he's like filling in for Blackman maybe. And maybe that's how Will knows about him. Cause he has Blackman on his team. But that's, mm. you know, a sneaky pickup from Will that is the potential to be a pretty good, you know, pretty good producer. So I think one of the risks is that whenever you're looking at stats on the page, you're looking at past performance. Yep. Looking at future performance. So the, the question is always, what are you going to get out of this guy? We'll see. All right. Let's jump to uh, let's jump to your your matchup. Uh, Kenley Me Smalls versus Torsen's team. And you took this one seven to two. Uh, were you worried at all with, uh, with this matchup? I'm always worried. <laughs> um, no, it was, we had a couple close categories. I think, you know, I, I had a lead throughout most of the week. Um, but these things can change on a dime. You never know who's going to blow up. Who's going to, who's going to, you know, perform well. Um, we were close in runs, stolen bases. We were tied, save holds. We were tied. Um, so, you know, it, or Torsten, sorry. I had big T and little T in my notes. <laughs> for my team, I'm really happy to see Xander Bogarts keep rolling. He had two homers. He had six RBIs, seven hits this week. Um, Austin Meadows is still looking pretty good. He had f- uh, four runs, a homer, five RBIs, seven hits. Um, so, you know, just getting a little piecemeal production from everywhere. Um, my pitchers I'm particularly proud of. I had Flaherty, Means, and Playsack all went for six-plus. Got a lot of quality start. Um, you know, they all they all got – I think I got quality starts from all of them. Um, didn't give me whole – whole lot of strikeouts which i'm kind of worried about but um you know we'll get to that maybe in a bit uh my key to this week i got jazz chisholm coming back from injury mm-hmm. i love the name love the player he's an exciting i think he's still a base in his first game back yep. he's already hit a homer just love he's the guy who loves playing baseball and that's a fun person to have on your team it's just somebody who you can get excited about you know seeing how they're doing um i also have a pair of new outfielders so i have two mets injuries mcneil and conforto are out with like twin hamstring injuries um, so I got a, a bit of a patchwork team in there right now. So we'll see, we'll see how I, uh, you know, how I stand up, um, for Torsen's team, uh, Barnhart actually looks pretty good from the catcher spot. He had five runs, three RBIs, seven hits out of the catcher spot. Um, Raphael Devers was doing most of his heavy lifting with three homers, six RBIs, six hits. Um, Luke Weaver had a lucky start. So he'd been roughed up, but Torsen managed to put him in for like, his <laughs> only good start. He's since been dropped, but he went six in the third. He got a quality start out of his six strikeouts. Um, Waskar Enoa uh, got roughed <laughs> up and then roughed himself up. So he gave up he, four in a third inning. He gave up five runs, nine hits, two walks, six strikeouts. Not a great start, but honestly, like we've all seen worse. Like Austin Gomber was way worse. And Austin but, Gomber didn't punch the fucking wall with his pitching hand. I was going to say, that's the best part. After, after he got pulled, he walked into the dugout, punched the wall, broke his hand, and now he's, uh, now he's on the I.L. Like what the who the fuck that use your not throwing hand? What's wrong with you? So I I mean that sucks for Torsten. It was a nice exciting pickup for him. Like Torsten missed the deadline last week. Was like super excited to pick this guy up. Um, finally got him in his lineup, and now he's out with the broken hand. Uh, bad luck. Them's the breaks, I guess. Um, I think he's a key to this week. Uh, Hyunjin Ryu uh, has a two start week. I mean he's been out since week four. 
Uh, so it'll be nice to get him, but he's, I don't think he's been out of baseball, but he hasn't been out of Torsen's lineup since week four. Um, so it should be exciting to see what he can do. Uh, Jesus Aguilar is back in the lineup. Um, he was picked up week five. This is his first start. Um, so Torsen has a couple, you know, a couple guys who he had been benched, um, probably for injuries. I think, uh, it's, we'll see how they go. All right, let's go to my, uh, my matchup, uh, the losing edge versus Morgan's team. And I, uh, so I pulled this one off six to four when I went to sleep at, uh, su- when I went to sleep Sunday night, we were, the app was showing we were tied five, five, but I guess I pulled it off. Uh, whip was the, the one that switched in the morning. I don't know if that was a, a stat correction, but I'm happy to see that I, that I won this week. Uh, but please tell me, uh, please, please recap this. Well, you guys were close in three categories. Morgan picked up two of them homers and stolen bases. You did pick up whip. I don't, I mean, it could be a stat correction. So wait, it. I, 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 we went, I know I went to sleep and it was, uh, we were both tied, I think at 1.24. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I was happy to wake up and see that, uh, I had pulled it out. Yeah. That's always a nice little uh, way to wake up. Um, for the, for losing it for your team, your outfield keeps rolling. You had Azuna and Winker and Mullins, um, combined for 13 runs, three homers, six RBIs, a stolen base, 25 hits. Uh, between them all, uh, obviously, you shipped out Mullins. Um, I think you're replacing him with Rosario. Uh, yep. Uh, uh, Nick Madrigal finally cooled off. Um, running on RBI, went only three for 23. He had a doubleheader versus KC, which you were hoping would be big for him. Instead, he went 0 for 7. I think that sort of hurts a lot. I think he'll be all right. He'll bounce back. Um, you squeezed out some quality starts from Robbie Ray, which I didn't think you were going to do. Um, he had <laughs> one of... He had one start where he went six innings and uh, gave up three earned runs. He had another one where he had five and two thirds, gave up four earned runs. Um, I thought it was going to be worse than that. Uh, you also squeezed out some quality starts from Alex Wood, um, but you also got 32 strikeouts out of it. So that's a, a very nice little get for you. Um, one of the pros of streaming, I guess. Uh, mm-hmm. Carlos Rodon got roughed up. I don't know. He had a start pushback for a hamstring issue. Um, I don't know if he started since then. I think he might have, but he put, he, so he, his, his star got pushed back. Uh, and then he got roughed up and then he got roughed up. That's not what you like to see at all, mm-hmm. especially for a guy with some injury, injury background. And that's yep. sort of why he's never found success. We'll see how that goes. Um, I think the key for you this week, you made My a pair of pitching. trades, made, made a pair of trades. Yep. That was, that was what I was going to, going to say. You, you're worried about your pitching. Yeah. So here, so you go ahead. You give well, me. I was saying you, you traded uh, Jose Abreu for Trent Grisham, just one for one. Um, I think that's sort of a, a, you needed a first baseman and, and I think Brandon needed an outfielder. Um, and then a brave promptly sprained his ankle. So uh, it's starting to look like Brandon got the better of that one. Uh, we'll see how those well, ankles are usually probably, I don't, I'm not too worried about it. Um, Jose Brave should be fine. Uh, Trent Grisham looks good too, which is nice. You also traded uh, Cedric Mullins for Carlos Correa and Jorge Soler. Um, so that'll be interesting how they fit in with your team. Uh, now you sort of you you have Jorge Soler on the bench, which I guess is nice. You don't have to rely on him. Um, but it, you left, you know, Eddie Rosario was cold and was trading, cold. Away, trading away Mullins. Now you're starting him. Um, mm-hmm. And with that Brayu injury, like you're not even going to use him. And you got, you know, Josh Bell, who's sort of warming up. But so you, you made these trades and now you're sort of not even you're not you ha- you're not quite taking advantage of them. So we'll see. We'll see how you do. I think that might be a long term key, but I, I had to highlight that. Oh yeah, no, no, definitely. I mean, I definitely did not have a lot of luck coming into this week. Obviously the Abreu news was not optimal. Uh, I'm glad you pointed it out 
I think it was on Monday before lineups locked, I was able to switch them out, but I am actually very worried that I'm not going to hit uh, my innings pitched this week, mostly because I gambled uh, on DeGrom. He uh, was, had good news coming in to this week. I knew he was still on the IL, but there was high hopes that he could be cleared by Friday and pitch either Friday or sometime that weekend. Uh, and my, I've been playing McGee who's been, who got hit pretty hard. He's been hit pretty hard these last couple of weeks. And so I figured let me just bench McGee and uh, put DeGrom as a starting pitcher. And since Alex Wood has uh, eligibility at running uh, at running back <laughs> at a relief pitcher, uh, I played him there. Uh, but I am legitimately worried that I might not hit, get innings pitched because I don't think I have any two uh, two start pitchers this week. So, well, yeah, uh, I mean, you still have four scheduled starts, and I mean, DeGrom's not going to give you anything if he's doing a rehab start on Thursday. But I, yep. I think you should be all right. Um, I mean, just think 18 divided by four is like four and two thirds. I think. Yeah. You should be able to get that. Granky's and Cranky's already, already at three. Yeah. He already gave, he gave up a run already, which I'm not happy. I've been eyeing that, but um, yeah, I mean, I'm super happy with, uh, I'm happy with where my team will be after this week. Cause I should be getting Strasburg back. And obviously oh. DeGrom, DeGrom <laughs> should be coming back. I mean, I don't know how long I'll have Strasburg, but at least I'll get another, I'll get a, another couple of starts out of him. A couple, uh, you'd be lucky. I know, but then I wouldn't have to rely because I, I have been streaming my pitchers. Uh, I think this is the first week that I haven't, that I've kind of left my pitchers where they're at. Um, but yeah, you're right. Totally right about my outfield. Um, hope I, and I'm just kind of hoping Rosario picks it up. Uh, I had, I figured that, uh, I mean, Seager going out definitely hurt me and Nick offered a good trade. Carlos Correa steps in right there yeah and um, solaire i mean between solaire and rosario i mean one of those guys has got to heat up right exactly so uh again i i if i could just make it through this week with well i'd obviously love to win it but if i could just keep the damage to as minimal as possible i will be happy with that considering the team when i well when i set my team on uh on monday so i'll be happy with that but uh let's, also you're going against somebody who i believe I don't know if he said his roster. Did he say his roster? I think he did. I just think he's got Mustaka said, I guess. Um, well, just to, to Morgan's team, just to tie it off. Yeah. Um, Aaron Judge went beast mode, dude. Eight runs, five homers, six RBIs, 12 hits. Mm-hmm. Like, it was I mean, terrifying. A lot of those were solo home runs, I guess, but like, wow. Um, Astadio and Taylor were productive. They both are banged up, but they were productive, which is nice. And they combined for six runs, two RBIs, a stolen base, went on for 26. Uh, Chris Bassett had two starts. He was dominant against Boston, but floundered against Minnesota. Um, Maneag just got destroyed. He went two innings, gave up seven runs, 11 base runners, two strikeouts. Uh, Burns and Arias were strong again, so that's good for her. I think her key, she's got Manny Machado and Matt Olson on the bench. They went 13 for 47, nine runs, four homers, 16 RBIs, and a stolen base. So she had them on the bench, and she was playing Tommy LaStella, who's injured. And Brandon Lau, who went three for 15, five runs, a homer, an RBI, and, a, you know, no stolen bases. So, like, I think at some point, you know, it might behoove her to, to try to put those guys back in, maybe maybe make some moves, but it's not my team. So, um, but she does have two starts this week uh, from both Arias and Manaya. So, uh, that should be the key to her week. If they perform well, then she will probably do fine. Yeah. All right. Let's go to the last matchup which is uh, our guest Brandon's team, Dodger Doggers versus steroids, which is Victor's team. Uh, and unfortunately, Brandon, you lost this one. 
Yeah, it was I a did... tough week. That, that that happens. That's kind of been the the name of the game for our this first month or so of the season. Um, but we're I I think the theme of this week was to do a little bit less on the trading side. Take try <laughs> to take fewer speculative trades, and that seems to be working out. We we've moved up from 14th or 15th in the league up to 11th. So uh, slow and steady wins the race, I think. There you go. Um, but yeah, I mean, it was uh, fairly. Let's see. It was actually, it wasn't too close. Uh, Victor on the offensive side, pretty much wiped it clean. And then uh, you quality starts and save holds. Yeah. Uh, Here, give me, give me a quick second. Ned, you uh, keep going. Um, Yeah. I think Dr. Doggers, you just had a bad week. Uh, Only two batters had more than three hits. That sucks. Um, yeah. Stanton hit the IL. He the quad issue. He was placed on the IL on Monday, which is horrible timing. I mean, because your roster is just fucked. You couldn't even swap him out, even if you were happened to be, you know, catch the news on Monday. My uh, whole field was basically on the IL. Yeah, you it's know, the injury ahead. bug is it's a it's a cruel mistress. The injury bug. Um, but your relievers look good. Kenley Jansen and Alex Presley. Uh, they had seven strikeouts, three save holds, no earned runs, no walks, and no hits this week, which is excellent. Um, your starters, you know, you were due for a bad week, I think, from them. Your your pitching has been very good, but look, if you're gonna go down, you might as well go down in flames. Um, <laughs> Alcantara finally got hit last week. Uh, Shane Bieber snuck one quality start and 15 strikeouts in, but he gave up 14 hits and seven walks, which sort of hurts your ratios. Um, I think your key to this week, you have Trent Grisham joining your outfield, trying to like pick up some of the slack from Stanton, hopefully. Um, and you know, you're just going to bounce back. It's, it's, I say this with all love and, and respect. It's a little, it's going to be difficult to do worse than you did this week. Well, that's good to hear. I, I, I like to think that we can only go up from here. I think Grisham was a good tactical ad recently as well. We're, we're proud of him. The Dodgers are. <laughs> it's, he's that uh, power speed combo that everybody loves. Um, for steroids, uh, Austin Nola came on strong. I think a lot of that was in one game. Um, but he had three runs, one home run, seven RBIs, went six for 17, although three hits those and six of those RBIs and his home run were all in one game versus St. Louis. So, you know, if he can do that every week, that's great. But uh, I'm wondering if that's sustainable. Um, but he, he could be fun. He was good last year in the shortened season. Um, he had a stolen base from three different players, two on Colorado with Hampson and Tapia. Um, I was noting that because different managers have different proclivities to run. So if you're looking for stolen bases, sometimes it's helpful to sort of see how many stolen bases the team has, like the Rangers and the Rockies seem to be running a lot. And so finding fast guys on those teams, you might wind up with more opportunities for them to try to steal a base. Um, Whereas maybe like a Mike Trout, like nobody's ever sending Mike Trout. They're never trying to have him steal. So, you know, and he's also not that fast anymore. (laughs) Like, you know, there, there are players that are really fast and are capable of stealing bases, but if they're never get the green light to go, then they're not going to give you any, any points. Um, Karinchak and Trinan stayed strong. Uh, Edwin Diaz got bombed though. He bounced back on Monday, but I think he's on the bench. Um, the key for Victor this week is going to be he's got two starts from Brubaker and Javier each. Uh, he's got a new addition, Kevin Biggio, which he jacked from. Uh, you know, I dropped him and then I dropped Suarez also, and then Victor picked <laughs> him up. You know, and uh, Brandon, I think I think Victor picked up uh, Lourdes Guriel after you dropped him. Like, Victor's Mr. Uh, he's just vacuuming up these dropped players. You know, I respect the game. 
All right. Well, that was last week's uh, matchup. And so I just very quickly, because I know, Ned, you did a little bit of homework. You have some questions to ask or you have some uh, matchmaking to do. But uh, let's just I wanted to pick your brains, Brandon, real quickly, because uh, I am the one I'm the one who sent you the uh, the trade, uh, the trade. And I, I if you guys well, I highly doubt anyone's going to go and re-listen to last week's podcast, but it was on that podcast in which I saw Bray sitting on your bench. And I think later on in the podcast, I'm like, Oh, I'm thinking of a trade right now. Um, you, uh, you haven't been playing him. And so I figured, okay, well maybe if I could give you a starter, which was Grisham, you'd, uh, let Abreu go. Um, what was your, like, what was your mindset going into that trade? Well, yeah, he was on the bench and you know, me, I'm mathematically minded. So I did deep statistical analysis to understand if that was a fair trade that you put up there and uh no i'm kidding i just you peer pressured me and i feel like i had to do it <laughs> no it, it was mostly because um no one no one had done any trades yet and i wanted to add some uh liquidity and kick kickstart the trading market I wanted to add some excitement there to the league perfect there was some obligation to kind of get that started in it and like you said we i, I kind of needed a, a swap there to juice up the field and it worked because uh, it, it worked yeah it, it total rug pull for uh for Alex. it was a, it, <laughs> it was a total rug pull i'm sorry brandon <laughs> you traded the reigning mvp for uh i don't know who was it again it was um, frank grisham frank grisham you know it, grisham could be good but he's been playing well but uh i the, the thing is like obviously a brave ceiling is probably higher than grisham's but grisham's he's he's been playing better as a, like this season. Um, Abreu is what, 30 years old. He's getting older. There's a chance he might not put up the numbers he did last year, but I would still take that potential. And I just had such an, at the time I had an excess of outfielders. I had no problem letting Grisham go. And at the time I thought he was uh, the, the better of my uh, outfielders uh, that I had in, not been in Brandon's defense. Like he's what one in five right now in stolen bases on the season, like each week. He's so Grisham might give you some stolen bases that could, could start flipping this category. So a little bit of it is on paper. Yeah, Jose Bray is the better player, probably. But each team has individual needs, and you know, sometimes you gotta you gotta you gotta agree to an uneven deal to improve your team because it doesn't really matter what the peanut gallery says over here what matters is does your team win more games and just to further rationalize my trade to myself and, and convince myself this was a good deal <laughs> uh, my outfield has been uh, they've been somewhat of a train wreck recently so i need i need some solid leadership out there here brandon i think alex <laughs> owes you one so you should send him a lot of ridiculously one-sided offers in your favor and see if see how far you can get him hey i could have offered him any i could have offered him rosario but i was nice <laughs> I think Alex would take any trade that I offer him because he's a gentleman. I, you, I, I, uh, I do a lot of research when it comes to trades. Uh, I am, uh, we'll see. I usually, I try to do, uh, I, I try to make it as even as possible. I don't like the idea of winning trades, but in this case, uh, I don't know. We'll see it. We'll, I mean, we'll see how it turns out again. Uh, Jose Abreu is 34, so there there is always that downside. That he's 34, that's Grisham, what it is. Grisham is coming on the upswing. Abreu is yeah. you know, probably in the twilight of his career. Um, 
So, I mean, it's a roll of the dice, but like basically the bet was made that Brandon thinks Jose Abreu is not going to improve. And uh, Alex, you think he is. So, yeah. The Dodger and... Doggers are all about speculative pickups. And I think this was one of them. So we're, we're really hoping it's going to pay there off. You go. And Nate Lowe, you, who's, and your, Nate Lowe. who's your first baseman? Nate Lowe's been playing. I mean, he had a bad week last week, but he, he's been pl- playing pretty decently. And so, um, I mean, we have three outfielder positions, one uh, first baseman. There's a chance you might not play a Brayu or. Uh, yeah, so I think it was a good trade. I'm happy with it, even though I'm missing. I'm not even going to be able to play a Brayu at all this week. But uh, I think it turned out well. But uh, Ned. Here, I have some thoughts on that. And it's actually a perfect segue because I have Brandon first on my list. I decided since Brandon so politely got the trading bug kicked off that I might grease the wheels a little bit and give some people some ideas on on who they who they might be a match with. Match so, make me. Yeah. So, Brandon, <laughs> I looked at your team. And in my opinion, and again, this is my opinion, I would never tell anybody how to run their team. You feel free to disagree. Uh, I saw that you maybe need help in the categories of runs and batting average. Wait, are you uh, legally qualified to give baseball advice? Uh, I don't think there's any standard for that, so we're going to do it anyway. All and right, then be, you, either way. you have extra strikeouts and quality starts. You have very good pitching, and you need help with the hitting. So I was thinking Steven kind of has some needs that match your halves, and maybe he could send you Chris Bryant, who can help cover third base and the outfield, depending on what you need. And you could send him Blake Snell, who's sitting there on your bench, not really doing anything because you've got a lot of good pitchers already. That's true. He's just sitting on my bench, but he's kind of my he's my he's my crown jewel. He was my number one draft pick. And I think Alex was upset that I took him. Yeah. So, I mean, like he has value. So but since so Steven, Steven here, he needs quality starts and he has average save holds and he has outfield. So I think I think you guys might have something. What do you guys think of that? I I'm gonna poo poo on it. You're gonna poo poo on that. I'm gonna poo poo on it. The Snell's last uh, outing was the first time he's gone six innings since 2019. And if you're looking for a guy, uh, if you're looking for quality starts, Snell's not gonna get you that. Considering his last outing was the first time he's gone six innings since I think July of 2019. Yeah, but Chris Bryant is playing out of his head. Like Chris Bryant has had a rough couple of years. So you're a little bit trying to sell high on Chris Bryant. And Steven's kind of hoping, I think, that Blake Snell can figure his shit out. Because oh, he won the Cy Young two years ago. I think I think if Brandon could pull that off, that'd be a great trade. I think it'd be a good, great trade for both players. We already know that Snell is a great pitcher. Uh, maybe now that they saw that he can go these six innings, that they'll start pitching him more. Uh, the worry though, is just that, that short leash leash. Yeah. So yeah, Brandon, if you could ship snow, I would, I would do it. I feel like you want me to keep them because you know, you can talk me into a, an easy trade. <laughs> my, my, pitch, I, I, I'm, I'm happy with my pitching. I'm going to be once, once Strasburg and DeGrom are back, I'm going to have to uh, do some thinking about who I'm going to cut. Cause, uh, even those, uh, even those waiver wire uh, pitchers I picked up, I'm, I'm happy with. So, uh, kind of worried, but, uh, Alex, I actually had some thoughts on your team too. Shoot them at me. So I've, like, already, I, I've already I took made a, two trades, but I took a look at the numbers and I saw that you maybe need some help in a couple categories: stolen base, averages, and ERA. Oh my god! Yeah. And you and you kind of need some third base insurance, uh, you know, with Josh Donaldson. I mean, he's playing well, but is he going to play all year? And you have an excess of quality starts, and you have Josh Bell, who's redundant. Yep. And so I was thinking maybe you're a match for Andy. Ooh. And I thought, Andy. I look and saw Andy, 
Andy needs runs K's and quality starts, which you have. And he has stolen bases, ERA, safe holds, and relief pitchers, which you could probably help. So I thought maybe you guys could trade, talk about like Eric Cosmer and Joe Musgrove for hmm. Josh Bell and Robbie Ray. Yeah. I mean, just, I mean, just surface glance. I, Musgrove is, I mean, he, he started off. He did super throw a no hitter. He threw no hitter. Yeah. He started the season super hot, cooled off since, but. Uh, and then he's always been a guy with upside though. Exactly. Um, yeah, that's, I mean, honestly, that's something that I'm going to consider and, uh, I'll, I'll definitely take a look into that. I, I, I'm not, I'm, I'm not writing it off immediately. Uh, good research there here. So let's Brent, Brandon, do you have any thoughts on that? I'm going to have to defer to you. You've been the work, you've been kind of the, giving me the sage wisdom, Telling me good advice, such as don't trade away your best players well, for speculative just, picks. I'll just just stop dropping four players at a time. <laughs> <laughs> I, and you know, I, I've come to understand that that's pretty good advice. So I'm going to have to lean with whatever you're saying on this. The season goes through September. Just keep remember that. Uh, but let me let me keep going because I think I'm on a roll. Uh, I look at I looked at Nick's team, and I thought Nick's team could use some help with runs, home runs, stolen bases, batting average, and first base. Basically, offense specifically first base. And I thought he has a lot of strikeouts, ERA, whip, and quality starts. And so I thought maybe he's a match with Anthony. And Anthony has needs ERA, whips, and save holds, and has runs, home runs, RBS, and, and third baseman. So he has some extra position players. I thought maybe they could trade Carlos Santana for Zach Eflin. Carlos Santana... So one for what Carlos Santana, yeah, Carlos Santana he's getting up there in age, but that man gets on base. That man, he's going to, he's going to be very steady and reliable. And, you know, in between Brandon belt injuries or Joe, whoever first baseman injuries, I think that's a stabilizing presence in Nick's lineup. And Zach Eflin's frankly extra for him. Yeah. He has Bueller Woodruff and Wheeler. Like, I mean, he has pitching to spare. So I thought maybe that would be a match. What do you guys think? I think the fact that uh, that last point, Nick, uh, Nick has pitching to spare. And I, I think this should, I think everyone should consider this when you have an excess at a position, they're not doing any, they're not, you're not doing yourself any help by keeping them on the bench. Um, sometimes people get scared because they, they see these diamonds and they're like, I want to hold on to them. But again, bench doesn't uh, produce any points. And so if you have this excess, I say, try to move them. And so I think that totally describes our uh, our pitching staff as well on the Dodger Doggers. We we've got a pretty strong lineup. We've got the bench that's kind of just sitting there existing, not doing anything for us. But our infield is really struggling. Just we can never find a, a solid infield for any week. So yeah, I think that's a good point. Don't don't overload on any kind of single group. That's why there's no utility spot. Mm-hmm. Um, all right. So for my next my next matchmaking, I was looking at my brother's team. And I'm not going to be rude and read off all the categories because I think he needs help in, in nine <laughs> of the 10 categories. Definitely not rude. Definitely um, not rude. So I thought he might be a good match for Torsten, who also needs help in a lot of categories. But I mean, he does have a little pitching depth. Um, but I thought maybe they could do a challenge trade, George Springer for Charlie Blackman. Two now, good what- players. Springer has sort of struggled with his injuries. Blackman should be a lot better than he is. He's getting up there though, but he's usually a reliable producer. It's a challenge trade because you're sort of betting each other 
on which player you think is going to actually produce this season. Hmm. I like it. Um, I, I, I think that's the one I like the most so far because of the, the challenge factor to it. It adds a, a nice little spicy element. Brandon, what do you think? It does sound like a good spicy trade. You make it sound like they're perfectly matched for each other as well. So if they both need help, I think they can help each other. That's the goal. And that's what, that's uh, how, that's what trade should be, right? That's they a great point. Help. Yeah. Brandon, that was a great point. Trade should help each other. And I think this is a big mistake that people do is sometimes they go out and they covet a player and they're like, I want this guy. And so they just try to give the value that they think is fair for that guy based on what they have the most of. But sometimes it's about thinking about what does the person you want the player from, who, what do they need? And if you make, if you offer them what they need, they're more likely to say yes to what you're asking for. Exactly. I mean, there's too many people diamond handing some of these players. I think we, we need a, we need to have, we need to have other people hand in handing, (laughs) not diamond handing. I love hand each other. Diamond hand each other. Um, Let me keep going. I was looking at other Alex, Alex Snyder. He needs some help with stolen bases, average ERA and whip. And I thought he might be a match for Britain because Britain needs quality starts and safe holds. And she has home runs and stolen bases. And I thought they could do a trade. Isaiah Connor Falefa and Tyler Molly for Glabar Torres and Yusei Kukuchi. And I thought that Britain has a very even team. But what she might, what she could maybe benefit from is a buy low candidate. And I think Glebar Torres is a buy low candidate, sort of highly regarded coming into the season, not really performing. So Britain's taking a risk, but maybe Glebar Torres is going to turn into like a stud performer. And she kind of has, she could use that depth in the middle infield. He's got second base and shortstop eligibility in her team. You know, I'm not saying it's shaky, but like it's, it's, it's fluid in there. And for Alex, I think what Alex could really use some help with, I mean, Isaiah Connor Falefa is going to get you still mates out of the catching position. I think that really helps, um, you know, erase the deficit that he's sort of accrued with his team. And Tyler Mala is a, a young pitcher, but he's sort of a question mark if he's going to perform or not. What do you guys think of that? It's, this is where, this is where I hesitate when it comes to, especially with Britain's team, who has such a, a solid team, it's kind of hard to shake things up. But you have listed the pros to this trade. Uh, I think that will come to a, a gut feeling on her if she if she feels a need she needs to. But yeah, in turn, like I would be on the fence there for that one specifically. Well, and yeah, some I could other see it being a tough sell. I, I could imagine someday in the near future in some sort of fantasy fantasy baseball league where we had a stable and solid team at the Doggers, uh, we would also be kind of reluctant to shuffle that up. But, you know, it could work. Well, I, th- I think you're right that Britain really has very little motivation to trade. Um, but I, I do think that, you know, some of the rationale for me is that catcher, when you're looking at your position players, it's not always – sort of how good is this player? It's what's their value over average, right? Or is the replacement player? And so if there are only two good catchers and there are 16 teams, that means 14 teams have a bad catcher. So your odds of playing somebody with a good catcher are one in 15. And so, and there's obviously more than two good catchers, but like 
tr- you, you can afford to trade away good catchers because having a, a waiver wire or a free agent or an average catcher to replace them really isn't costing you anything in comparison to who your opponent is going to be 14 out of 15 times. That, so that's, that, that's, that's the logic there. I also view that the, you know, relief pitchers are similar where they're sort of, if you have a good one, that's wonderful, but I'm, I'm always willing to give those away as sort of balancers uh, just based on, you know, I can pick up a replacement guy. who's not going to cost me that much comparatively. No, that makes sense. Uh, I think I was on the fence and I think you, uh, you pushed me over, and I I think Britain should do it. Yeah. Damn, I should I really should go to law school. <laughs> <laughs> right. I have a couple more. I have a couple more. If you bear with me, uh, let's do me. Let's get me out of the way. I've talked about a lot of people's teams. I need outfield. My outfield kind of is shit. I just picked up two outfielders. I'm upset about that. I have pitching, ERA, WHIP, quality starts. Um, I have a lot of excess. I've always have extra starting pitchers. Um, I also have Wander Franco, who's like an up and coming prospect, but I have Xander Bogarts who's playing really well. So I can't play them both. Um, so I have, those are my assets. And I thought maybe I was a match for Victor. Um, Victor needs quality starts and third baseman. Not that I'm offering it, but he also <laughs> has a, a lot of people with second base and outfield eligibility. So I, I liked that he had extra outfielders. You know, I have extra pitchers. Maybe that's a good match. Um, so I thought about Zach Plesak for Alex Verdugo. Verdugo, he's pretty. He started off cold, didn't he? And then he kind of picked it up in these last. Or am I just making that up? Uh, I think that. I think it's a pretty even trade. Please has been hit here and there, but I, I think overall it's a it's a pretty decent trade. Um, yeah, I'm I'm happy with it. I think you made a good case right there. I think you should go punch it in and make the trade right now. And I I think that also part of that is I saw that he has Ketel Marte coming back. And so he's got to figure out where to play Marte. I mean, he could stick him in at second, but then, you know, he's also got Lord Escuriel. So he has got a lot of players to move around and Ketel Marte is eligible at outfield. So he has a lot of outfield depth. He's, you know, I thought it might be, he has excess of that. That's not doing him any good. Yeah, I, I I agree with Brandon. I think you should punch that trade in right now. Send it to him. See if we could nail this out live on the podcast. <laughs> Although I doubt it. Yep. He probably has dad duties. Live. Here, let me. Uh, I'm gonna mix. I'm gonna give you a little uh, little live trade. I'm gonna I'm gonna send it to him. And uh, Victor, please don't feel any kind of pressure to accept this. I like genuinely. I not will not be offended if you say no. Although Brandon and I will be offended if you say no because this would be the first live trade. So uh, do it for the podcast history. We're also going to stay on the air until he accepts the trade. So that's, he better do it pretty soon. All right. Well, it's sent to him. Um, all right. I have uh, two more. I have two more. Uh, I was going to do Jack. I'm looking at Jack's team. Uh, remind me, he said team. Uh, he needs a little middle infield insurance. I think he's got some question marks there. He also, I don't know if he has uh, Whit Merrifield, but he had, he had some people who can move around. Um, or he has Mustakis who's injured. That's what it was. Mm-hmm. And he has Tommy Edmond and like, you know, Tommy Edmond is nice, but uh, you really want to rely on him. So he could use an upgrade at middle infield. Um, and he has home runs, average strikeouts, save holds and some relievers to offer. Um, so I thought he's a good match for Morgan because mm-hmm. Morgan needs RBIs and save holds. And she has runs whip and she has extra shortstops. So I thought Francisco Lindor. Oof. for 
for Mitch Haniger, Josh Hader, and Yuli Gurriel. Oh, you're going for the th- the three for one. Yeah, because Morgan's team has some holes, and so she would probably benefit from flipping a big player to try to make up ground on a lot of spots. Like normally the the the, the trick to the trades is that if you trade uneven numbers of players on the other side, somebody has to drop somebody. Mm-hmm. And that, that person always has to be added to the trade when you're assessing value. But for Morgan, the, the only real time that I think that's sort of a good idea is if you need upgrades in a lot of areas. And Morgan could use help at outfield. She could use help at relief pitcher. And she could use help at the corners. And, I mean, not to sour not to sour this for uh, for Jack, but Lindor hasn't been playing to the level that he was drafted at. Now, saying that, he obviously has that potential to turn it around, and it is early in the season. So that could be a gamble. Honestly, it is a gamble that I would consider for a first round. I don't know if Brent, or not Brent, I don't know if Morgan took Francisco Lindor in the first round or in the second, but he's, he, there's first a lot of round, draft. First round 14th pick. Yeah, so a lot of draft capital there. Um, which but he's under, cool. he's underperformed and he's on the bench right now. So I, and, and I think he's got Manny Machado who can play shortstop too. Yeah, so I think I think that's a good gamble. Um, if I were if I were Jack, I'd I mean anytime you dangle a first round pick, it makes my mouth water. Uh, regardless as if they're not playing well, like Francisco Lindor, he we all know he has that potential, and so I mean I think that would be a good trade for both parties. Well, I'm glad glad you said that. And Brendan, I don't want to cut you off. What do you do? You think? Do you have uh, thoughts on this? I'm gonna have to abstain from this one. I think you know the Doggers and Morgan's team are duking it out for last place. So, <laughs> so she's my nearest competition. Fair um, enough. Fair enough. And then and, and we wanna we wanna overtake and reclaim uh, that sweet not last place. Well, let's um let's move across divisions. And this is the last one. And Alex, if you liked that first round pick, you're gonna like this one. I was saying Sammy and Travis are the last two. Sammy needs a lot of help. I'm not going to read off all the categories. Um, And Travis really, I mean, he just has a lot of things to offer, but he could use a positional upgrade. So like if you're in the front, what you're really looking for is how do I upgrade positions? You're willing to overpay maybe a little bit from your depth in order to upgrade one position because you can only play a certain number of players at a time. So I was thinking with Sammy, Mike Trout for Trevor mm. Bauer, Reese Hoskins, and Shane McClanahan. And keep in mind, this was before the six to eight week announcement that I came up with this. So the value's probably gone down a little bit for Trevor. Uh, well, well, let's play. Let's 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 shape. Let's let's play with this clay that you've thrown out. So you, so but Mike, I because I like Mike this Trout idea. for Trevor Bauer, Reese Hoskins, and Shane McClanahan. So that's so, a first round pick for a nice starter, like a maybe. Not the top tier, but the next highest tier, but really on the on the border. Trevor Bauer, Reese Hoskins is sort of a I mean Reese Hoskins contributor. Been, yeah. he's, he's 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 nothing special in my opinion. I think he's he's always gonna have a low average, which just handicaps it really kneecaps the value there. But it you know, for a team like Sammy, I don't know who Sammy's got at first base, but like I think he's got nobody. He's currently he uh DJ LeMahieu. Yeah, but he can move DJ LeMahieu around exactly. And, and that would help him sort of, you know, he doesn't have to play John Birdie every week. Um, Didi Gregorius is off, so you could put John Birdie at shortstop. Um, so I think, I don't know who he picked up for that. but uh, So I, I like this trade specifically because Sammy is in the, in the bottom half of the table. 
Uh, and keeping Mike Trout on his, even if, even if he's just keeping Mike Trout on the IL is hurting him. Having such high draft capital there, uh, one of the best players, and if not the best player in baseball, uh, where he has so much value. Um, and in this sense, Travis, who is sitting on a very healthy lead, um, he could afford to lose some of his top players because he drafted so well. Um, it's one of the benefits of just hitting on almost all of your draft picks. Um, and I mean, we are, we're already looking at his team and just, we, we can't compliment it enough. Imagine adding. Well, uh, I look at an outfield of JD Martinez, Mike Trout and your Don Alvarez. Yeah. It's with Bo Bichette at shorts. Like you, what are you going to, I mean, Kyle Lewis is an extra player and Kyle Lewis is the reigning rookie of the year. Mm-hmm. So like, this is what I mean. Like uh, the, you're what, so what Travis is thinking is right now he's got Kyle Lewis starting an outfield. So the upgrade is from Kyle Lewis to Mike Trout. That's his Delta. Mm-hmm. It's a hell of a delta, fucking Delta. I know it's a big Delta. And then the Delta down is you're losing Trevor Bauer. So it's basically Trevor Bauer down to, you know, Shohei Otani or, you know, maybe a free agent guy, which is big. You know, it's a big Delta too. And then Reese Hoskins, you'd have to replace, but you could, you, you know, remember he's got two free agent ads. So he's, you're looking at a, uh, you know, a, a waiver wire first baseman, or maybe you could trade Kyle Lewis for somebody, maybe like a Josh Bell, um, you know, and then he McClanahan is not really doing him anything. McClanahan is, he's never going to start him. He's, he's storing McClanahan in the case the Rays let him go six. So it's not, he's not adding any value. No. So, uh, I mean, I, I like this. I like this trade. Um, the, the scary part is trout is what out six to eight weeks. It's it, yeah. I mean, I came up with this idea when it was just sort of a day-to-day thing. Like if you yeah. pulled from the calf strain six to eight weeks, obviously changes it, but you'd like to think if somebody's out that long, they'll come back healthy. So you're looking at, you're going to get trout adding to trout to that outfield when travels will presumably still be in playoff contention two months from now, it's going to be July. So we're looking at August and September. Mm-hmm. That's probably, probably eight games, including playoffs. Yeah. That's the playoff run. And that's the playoffs themselves. You're getting Mike Trout back from an injury. Uh, I, I mean, I, I like it. I mean, if I was, if I was Travis, I would, I would put something together, whether he liked your idea or not. Uh, I mean, I think any of, I think any of the the top five teams uh, should be looking at players like, my, like when, when an injury occurs to it's such a top player and it, and it unfortunately affects a bottom table team, that's kind of, that's blood in the water and the sharks come to circle, you know um, it might, Who's ever going to, I mean, giving up trout, you, you're going to ask for a lot. It makes sense. But if you have the record to think you could at least tread the water until he comes back, like you have, again, the best player in baseball coming back. So, um, yeah, Sammy, I, <laughs> I'm going to start looking at things. So, Sammy, I, I would imagine you're going to start uh, fending off uh, a bunch of uh, trade requests and you'll probably be able to pick uh, what you think is the best. But, uh, but yeah, I, I, I like this segment, Ned. Uh, I, I, I appreciate you taking your time and trying to match make everyone. Uh, trades are fun. I've already made two. Go, go out it's and make lot, trades. A lot of fun. I recommend it to everyone. <laughs> uh, but yeah, let's, uh, let's finish off this podcast with just a look at this current week. Um, we are just 
under halfway through it, unfortunately, since we're recording on a Wednesday, but we have my team, the losing edge versus remind me set team, uh, currently sitting close at four, three killing me smalls versus, Ooh, wow. Killing me smalls versus George Brett party pants. This, uh, Ned, I don't want you to curse your own team and I don't have the ability to curse. So I'm, this is clearly the game of the week. Uh, you are currently winning seven to three, but again, it's so early. Anything could happen. Uh, we could come back to that if you want to touch on it, but let's go to John boy's neighbors versus Sammy's team. Uh, remind Jack versus Alex's stinky team, Dodger doggers versus Torsten's team touchdown and heat versus Tony's knee breakers. No got baseballs versus Morgan's team and steroids versus TBD. Uh, before we jump to you back to your team, I think, uh, where was it? I think, uh, no got baseballs versus, Oh no. Uh, touchdown Heathrow versus Tony knee breakers is also going to be a good game to, uh, to keep an eye on, but, uh, let's, how, how are you feeling going against the King himself as uh, he proclaimed First last of time? All, my team is uh, a pretty good team. If I say so myself, uh, I also just sniped, uh, Kluber, who I don't know how his no hit bid went, but I sniped him. He's got yeah, he com- he completed it. Oh, did he? Yep. That's pretty good. So I sniped him. Uh, thank you, whoever texted that to the group chat, the other the the other division group chat. <laughs> uh, you know, I'm feeling pretty good. Good, feeling pretty pretty good. I think that uh, no, I, I'm and obviously I'm saying this up seven to two, but I I think that what I'm looking out for, um. You know, I am beating him on offense, but I think that his pitchers haven't really gone yet. Um, keep in mind that he only has sort of one turn through the rotation for each of them. So I think it'll be interesting. He, he's, His strength is in the ratios. Mm-hmm. So like ERA and whip, I mean, if he has three good starts from his excellent pitchers, well, then how do you beat that with, I got a bunch of guys going. Very like true. Four guys go tonight, so three guys. Um, anyone you want to curse this week? Yeah, I was actually looking at uh, remind Jack against Alex, the stinky team. I think those are two teams that have kind of both of them are competitive people and would like to be doing better. Um, I think both of them have been diligently managing their teams, and I think both of them are on probably the precipice of their luck turning around a little bit. So I think this would be sort of a uh, hopefully a catalyst for one of them. And I'm interested to see who's going to get that boost. Cool. Well, thank you everybody for listening uh, and best of luck to everyone. Uh, everyone except for Jack. Sorry about that, buddy. You stole Buster Posey from me and I hope I steal this week from you, but uh, Brandon, thank you so much for, uh, for, for joining us. Uh, it was a lot of fun. Yeah. Thanks for having me on the show. Of course. Uh, and uh, good luck to everyone. Uh, make sure to set your lineups as Ned always says, Ned, you want to take us out? Yeah. I mean, you took what I was going to say, but uh, (laughs) I'm starting a thing. I think I said it earlier. I have an automated pre-scheduled email to go out on Sunday at noon Eastern, reminding people to do their transactions. I'm hoping that will help uh, people remember to do that. Um, (laughs) I know everybody's got busy lives, um, but it is always more fun when you get to play against people who have full lineups. Um, I would much rather see somebody, oh, there's another great name who just came up for the Mets. Uh, it's like Genesee We uh, Far- Fargus. Uh, it's Genesee Fargus is something like that. Uh, it's an excellent name. I'd rather see think- him than an empty spot. What? 
I think you guys need to do a favorite player name of the week. That's, <laughs> that's long overdue as a segment. Well, mine is definitely Genesis Fargus. I, well, we're starting it now as Genesis Fargus yeah, is a fucking great name. That's a, that's a solid first pick, I think. Guess how you guess how that's spelled? I I I, I I'm assuming there's like emojis inside of it. There's probably an X in there. J O H N E S H W Y. That's exactly what are, I thought it was. Are you? Uh, I don't know if I'm pronouncing it correctly. This is how I heard the Mets broadcaster pronounce it, and since he's on the Mets, I assume the Mets broadcaster had the pronunciation guide. Um, I thought he said Je ne suis Fargus, like I don't know in French. <laughs> that's what I was assuming. I thought that's what that meant. So maybe he was being funny. It was, you know, that's a funny broadcasting crew, but I'm going with Jenna Sweet Fargus because I like that. It's great. Uh, but I uh, I am going to, uh, we're going to sign off now because the bubble guts is bubbling. <laughs> <laughs> Don't run out uh, of toilet paper. <laughs> <take care of> <laughs> All right, everybody, have a good weekend. <laughs>